welcome to Sometimes in Shambles. I'm Melissa, the host. This is Story of a Gay Ex-Mormon Part 2, and I'm here with Jake again. And we're going to go over Jake's experience as a newly out gay Mormon at BYU-Idaho. So, hello, Jake. You can, like, say hi. (laughs) Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, the first thing I want to ask you is, like, what were, what was the the feedback and responses that you got to the first episode that we released? Um, I actually got a ton of responses, like, all, like, for several days, like, all throughout the day, people just kept messaging me. Um, And it was people, like, old young men's leaders, like, cousins, um, old roommates from college, and they were all really overwhelmingly positive. Um, people just really enjoyed kind of hearing that perspective. Um, even members of the church, um, mm-hmm. they really enjoyed it as well, which is really awesome. Um, there, there was a couple that didn't love it, mm-hmm. but like people I mean, that know you personally, yeah, yeah. Um, that it, like it, there were some things that they didn't really love about it, but. I mean, it was my experience. So yeah, to, exactly. Like... <laughs> yeah, there, there's nothing you can do about it because you're just sharing your own story. But that's awesome that it got um, that much positive feedback. Yeah. I think, I don't think I've ever even told you this. Right As of right now, that episode has 347 listens. Really? Yeah, so that's how many people listen to it or re-listen to it or Whoa. whatever. So, yeah. That's cool. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of people. The Mormon episodes are definitely my top listened ones, which is, I think, really interesting. Yeah. Because it's interesting to know that there's so many people that relate that we don't know about. Yeah, that's definitely true. All right. So I don't know a lot about what you're going to say. So <laughs> let's just get into it. Let's get into this second part of your story of being a gay Mormon and then eventually ex-Mormon. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Take right. it away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess I'll just kind of start a little bit where I left off of last episode. Um, so I guess basically starting off with, you know, now I'm at BYU-Idaho I'm out to my family. Um, I don't know if I'm out to any friends at this point, but um, so during this time, it was definitely very interesting time. Um, All of a sudden, my life was very different. Um, So I was having a lot of conversations with family members and and um, and then people from the group that I joined, the North Star group, the Mm -hmm. Facebook group Mm -hmm. that I talked about the last one. Yeah. I think I was just kind of getting used to my new normal, I guess you'd say. Um, and then I also had never been able to talk about so many, like all these things before. And so um, there was a couple people, one in particular um, from the Facebook group that kind of became a pen pal of mine for like over a year mm-hmm. um, after this. And so anytime I had a, like a, I don't know, a frustration or um questions or anything i could go to him and and he as also a gay mormon was able to relate and kind of help me out with that which is really cool um and then like for our listeners can you just remind everyone what the north star group is yeah um so the north star group is basically a group for gay mormons and their families and allies that want to stay in the church um but still acknowledge that part of themselves 
Okay. So are they, they're not necessarily like out to everybody? Yeah. Not all of them. Some, some people are. Yeah. Um, some people are. Some people are not out to anyone, not even okay. their families. So okay. it's just like basically just like a community of people that all have the shared experience. Yeah. Essentially. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, so that was going on. And then speaking of North Star, um, they also have like firesides and conferences and things like that. So um, I don't remember exactly when this was, but I went to, there was an annual North Star conference that I found out about kind of shortly after that I joined the group. Um, and so I went to that one um, and that was crazy because uh, <laughs> like, because I, I went from, from thinking I was like one of the only gay Mormons that there were mm-hmm. to all of a sudden I'm in a room of hundreds. Yeah. That blew my mind. Yeah. Um, that was like the, like one of the coolest things ever. Cause all of a sudden I had like an instant community of people that got it. Right. Mm-hmm. Which was amazing. Um, and so I went to a couple of those and that was nice for a time. Um, you know, eventually my views did shift and so I no longer, my views no longer aligned with the group. It was no longer necessary, but it definitely did help me a lot. And I think for a newly out gay Mormon, it's an amazing resource and they should definitely check it out. Um, so and, what do you mm-hmm. like? So when you say your views no longer aligned with the group, is this, you're talking like later on down the road or, um, yeah, okay. a, like a little later okay. down the road. Okay. Um, cause this is still like, this is like right after I came out, okay. like the week after, two weeks after. Okay. Like, okay, yeah. Um, and so I definitely still at this time very much believed in the church, very much still thought it was completely true and, mm-hmm. you know, and on all that. So, right. um, but then what started to happen. So by the, towards the end of the semester, um, I started once I guess being out was kind of normal to me, um, I started to kind of get angry um, just because being at, being at a Mormon school, like marriage is just like all they talk about right. really. Like mm-hmm. it's like in every lesson and, and you see everyone around you that's dating and, and looking for marriage. Yeah. Um, and while it was nice to be out, it was nice to have that weight off. I still couldn't escape, you know, the fact that I was expected to marry a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was your, like, at this time, that's your belief system right now is that, yes, you're gay, but you're going to still live righteously, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and, you know, marry a woman and suppress all of your, like, desires or yeah. needs or wants or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I just, I don't know, it started to just get really frustrating um because now that I was letting it all out I was starting to kind of have these realizations and um and just things like that it just brought on kind of a whole new set of challenges as well mm-hmm. um it was still definitely the right thing to do for me but you know um and so I started to voice these frustrations to people like my like family members and things like that um just to kind of get it out there um I just kept feeling like like it wasn't fair the situation I was in I started to have kind of that 
that uh that mentality that mentality yeah um i started to get angry about the situation i was in um i started praying to like i guess like get an answer for that like i would um i found like someone told me to put on my hand like i deserve an answer Mm. um and that was like my way of like reminding myself that i do deserve one Mm -hmm. um and to take that to god what kind of um like in what kind of answer were you like expecting or wanting um i don't know i think just like an explanation like why out of all the people why you have to live this suppressed life exactly yeah like why me right um especially as someone who wanted a family so badly and was raised mormon like why give like why yeah um and so then i ended up so then you know that was happening and then the semester ended and i ended up going back home um to live to do online school for the spring semester um and that's when that's when things started to really change um i started to develop an animosity towards the church mm-hmm. um and i didn't even really see it coming like i I never thought that I would, that I, that that would happen. Um, you know, growing up, I always saw myself as super, super, yeah, like righteous. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, not righteous. Like I thought I was like a, like a hardcore sinner, but um, I saw myself as like very believing. Um, like you followed all the rules. You. I did yeah, my best like, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I and I definitely I just like for me like there was no other truth like the Mormon Church was it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's, um, that's, I think what you're about to like talk about and like go into is really what everyone who leaves the church feels is like, you know, and and we're going to talk about this later, but Mm -hmm. it's really like, that's all, you know, you like in your whole life, you're like, this is it. You know, like, I don't understand why people aren't coming to this church because this is the true church. And I believe it with with everything in me and then when that starts to change you're like i don't know like i don't i don't know what's going on because i don't know anything else so that's kind of what it sounds like you're you're about to like get into that yeah that's definitely coming um but you know so i was still going to church every sunday um and i started noticing like just sitting in church i was not feeling anything i was Mm -hmm. just um sitting there like like every time someone would go up, I would, it was almost like I would know exactly what they're about to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they'd start crying in my mind, I'd be like, and cue the crying. Like, yeah, it, I was just so done. Right. Um, and, but again, I, like you, like you said, like I knew nothing else. So yeah. I don't know. I didn't know really what to do with it. Um, and then, and then after, so during that three-month period, that's kind of what happened. I, I slowly started to lose my testimony, but I didn't realize it was happening um, until I got back to school the next semester. Um, and so when I got back, I definitely still was angry. I was still very, very bitter at the church at this point. Yeah. And then, which is great to be bitter at the church at BYU-Idaho. Um, where <laughs> it it's, helps so much. Yeah. <laughs> where it's required, like, right. to be going and, right. and all that. Yeah. Um, um, can I, I want to ask just as like, I don't know, I don't remember where we left off with your like support system in the last episode, but like mm-hmm. you have a sister at BYU, Idaho yep. at this time. And then a brother who is also out 
at yes. this time. And then um, you're still talking to your parents. Yeah. Okay. Just mm-hmm. like kind of wanted to get a feel for what your support system is like. Yeah. Um, things were definitely with, with family at this time, things were definitely very strained. Um, as yeah, I don't know. As I started to lose my testimony, um, my beliefs started to change, um, my perspective, my opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so things definitely started clashing, um, with some family members mm-hmm. because for me, like, I would just kind of hear people say things. And I, for me, I was coming from the perspective of like, I'm still Mormon and I'm also gay and what you're saying is wrong. Like, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. like as a, as a Mormon as well, what you're saying is ignorant. Like yeah. you're just wrong. Yeah. Um, cause I, cause I had both perspectives that they didn't. Right. Um, and, and it was just frustrating that some people weren't receptive to that. Um, cause you know, like people teach like in the church, um, if you're gonna, like, if you want to know about the Mormon church, like, talk to a Mormon. You don't go talk to a Baptist or whatever. Right. Um, like, I always heard that argument growing up. Yeah. And the same is true for this. Like, if you want to know about, like, gay people or homosexuality, talk to a gay person. Right. And you can find gay Mormons that are very active in the church. Yeah. Talk to them. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's very relevant right now to everything going on as well. You know, like talk to black people about how, you know, about the Black Lives yeah. Matter movement or talk to, I don't know. I think that's very, yeah, people are starting to realize that now more and more, hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so too, which is, which is really awesome. Things are definitely changing. Um, and so let's see. Yeah. And so now, so now I'm essentially, I'm back at school. Um, my testimony is gone. I still don't fully realize to what extent. I just know that I'm frustrated with the church. I'm angry with the church. Um, and it kind of all hit me when I was in, I was in a religion class. Um, and we're always like asked to write like papers about your testimony and things like that. Um, and every religion class I've ever been in, I've always done that. It was fine. But this time the teacher asked us, he said, I want you to write down your testimony, what you believe on a paper. And I got my pen and I like went to write and I, it wasn't moving. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't write anything. Mm -hmm. And that was when I realized, whoa, like my testimony's gone. Yeah. I don't believe this anymore. This is like, it's like flashbacks to like my whole experience. Yeah. Like I was, I didn't take any religion classes. So I wasn't at a Mormon school, but, um, I was in Institute and, uh, the, you know, the teacher asked who, who felt the Holy ghost in the room today. And I was just like, I didn't. And everyone else raised their hand. And I was like, why is that? If clearly the Holy ghost was in here, I prepared for this lesson. I, you know, I was doing Mm -hmm. everything every other person was doing. And that was like my realization of like, something's not right with like my testimony and, and what's going on with me. And that kind of like started my whole experience. So it's very interesting that it's like similar in a way. (laughs) Yeah. I know it is for a lot of us, if not all of us. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No. Yeah. And, and it's, it it was so crazy that that happened. Like I had to sit there for a second because I I was just shocked. Cause like I said, like, in my mind, I knew this would never happen. 
like I grew up so Mormon and it was all I knew, all I believed. Mm-hmm. Whenever I thought about people that left the church, it never made sense to me mm-hmm. because I'm like, like there is no other way. Like, why would you do that? And then yeah. whenever they would say like, oh, I'm happy outside the church. I'm like, no, you're not. Yeah. You're like, lying. Yeah. Like you can't be. Yeah. And I thought that because that's what it was told to me. And that's what the people that taught that to me believed as well. Right. Yeah. Um, but all of a sudden here I am. No testimony. Yeah. Um, and I had no clue what to really do with that. Mm-hmm. I Like, it was just completely shocking. So then once that happened, just kind of being at the school was, it was like, it was just really difficult. Because, like, I don't know if, I don't know if I just never realized it before, but I felt like people around this time, like, in lessons, just really started talking about gay people and gay marriage. Um, and then this is kind of around the time when, they announced that um, that policy where they weren't going to let the children of gay people get married. I mean, get baptized. baptized yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they and then I'm sitting in church and a straight like dude my age is reading that thing to and teaching a lesson on it to the entire ward to mm-hmm. in our priesthood class. Mm-hmm. And I'm just having to sit there quiet when they're just teaching ignorance like and not even just talking about the policy like they started going into the actual attraction itself um and people are like oh yeah it's just a satan's temptation it's just all this and i'm sitting there like that has to be so frustrating because they like they're teaching something they know nothing about they've never experienced mm -hmm. themselves yeah that's like very frustrating exactly you're like okay listen here this is how it actually is (laughs) i know i wanted to but being at that school i was scared that like i'd be kicked out or something so i'm just sitting there quietly and luckily i had a friend next to me at that point and he i hadn't told him but he whispered to me he's like or i think i whispered to him because i could tell he was irritated as well thankfully and i whispered to him i was like this is not true. Yeah. And then he's like, I know. Um, But these people were just teaching again, like you said, something they knew nothing about. And it was so irritating and it, it kept happening. Um, And I was at this time, I was also talking to a Bishop um, and I had, and I had told him that I was gay. Um, But, but so you can still stay at the school as long as you're like living according to the, to the honor code and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, or if you've done something, like, as long as you're repentant, and that's up to the bishop, but as long as you're repentant and, like, no, I still want to be Mormon and repent and stuff, mm-hmm. then they can let you stay. Okay. Um, but I was talking to him about it um, and, like, letting him know my frustrations. Um, and, I mean, he was just trying to, like, be receptive to it and, like, be kind of, like, a support to me, which is nice. But it definitely didn't help my anger at mm-hmm. the church. And then my anger started turning towards the members mm-hmm. um, and especially straight people. Yeah. Um, and I, but I, I knew that that wasn't good and I didn't want to become consumed by bitterness. Yeah. Um, and so I worked hard to get over that and I did. Um, but for a while, yeah, I was furious and like, there was nowhere to escape, like nothing to do with it. Like with this anger, um, I still had to go to church um otherwise then you are kicked out of the school yeah um so then while all this is happening um then i started i started to to want to experience what other people were experiencing like i wanted to have my first kiss and i wanted it with a guy like Mm -hmm. i you know what i mean like i wanted 
um, to be able to explore this yeah. as other people got to. Hold on. You had never kissed a girl. Um, no. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I mean, definitely not like growing up because I like that wasn't my what I wanted. So right. actually growing up, it, it was... I guess that's true since like you were four, you knew this. Yeah. I mean, and like I did want it, but my body didn't want it. Right. So, um, so you know how there's that rule, there's kind of like that rule in the Mormon church, like not to date till you're 16. Yeah. I would always just tell people, Oh, like I I can't until I'm 16. I can't have a girlfriend. Like, and I was so grateful for that rule right? because then I didn't, I could, I didn't have to go there. I didn't have to think about it like in that way. But at BYU-Idaho, when you're over 16, you don't get to avoid that anymore. Right. So. I don't know why I just, like, for some reason assumed that, like, you tried to, you know, go on dates with other girls or, like, try to go down that path. You know? I mean, well, I did a little bit when I got there. Okay. Um, so I went on, um, I went on a couple dates, like, a couple group dates. I went on one date in particular. It's kind of funny. Um, I was talking to my roommate about it and how I had never been on a date, like nothing. Um, and then like two days later, I ended up asking this girl out. Um, this, just this girl that I knew, I just like texted her and I was like, Hey, like, do you want to go get lunch this day? She's like, is it a date? And I'm like, and I wasn't actually even planning on it being a date. But when she asked me that, I was like, Oh, I should have my first date. Sure. And so I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and at this point I had, um, Let's see and i mean that date was actually before i came out though as well okay so okay. at that point i was like still telling people like oh yeah like i want to like i'm you know right wanting to find a wife or whatever yeah um and that date was funny because i had a meal plan for the school cafeteria mm-hmm. like the, the i think it's called the mc over there um and so i took her there and so <laughs> I never would have reached out as a straight guy. Um, but I took her <laughs> I took her there, so I didn't even have to pay for it. It was my meal plan. Right. Um, and it was actually, a, it was a really good date. Like, we yeah. had, it was like two hours. Like, we had a great conversation. We went downstairs, played some pool or whatever we played. Like, it was fun. Yeah. Um, and I was telling people about it. I was like, and then even actually after, after I came out, um, I was telling people about her because I was like, man like she's exactly who i'd want to marry mm-hmm. like if i like you if know if she I, were a if, boy if, if, well <laughs> if i was straight like yeah this would be so easy right um but there was just no attraction there right and and it wasn't going to be um we were supposed to go on a second date but i never i never texted her back mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um not saying that's okay but um yeah so that happened um and then yeah, like I was saying, I was wanting to kind of, I was, I was just wanting to explore my sexuality, my orientation, as everyone else was at that school. Um, and so, but at the same time, even though I no longer believed in the church, my testimony was gone, I still, it was all I knew. So I still wasn't sure if it wasn't true or not. I just knew I didn't believe it. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't sure what the future had in store. And I still think I assumed that the church, like, in my mind, I still think that I assumed it was true. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, it's kind of hard to explain. So, um, so I, I like a mission wasn't completely off the table. I was still trying to go on a mission, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, obviously, like you can't, like you have to be careful. Like if you, if you, 
I was where I was like struggling with like if I do something with a guy, I might not be allowed to go on a mission. Mm. Um, and so there was like that struggle, like you really can't do this. Yeah. Um, but then finally, like this one, this one night, I did something really stupid. Don't ever do this. Um, <laughs> anyone out there, straight or gay, don't do this. It's really stupid. Um, at the time, you could find, <laughs> gosh, you could find someone on Craigslist. Um, and so. What do you mean? Like, what? so like, the, you, and this actually isn't a thing anymore. I like found later. So thankfully, um, but you could go on and find like classifieds, like men seeking men, men seeking women, women what? seeking men. Like, I never knew that that was a thing. Yeah. Like it, it was. That's and really creepy. Yeah. No, thankfully they got rid of it because right. that allows for trafficking. Yeah. Um, and so, but so I found a post on there and it was this, uh, also a student at BYU-Idaho, um, and just like you know um and at the time like the like the crazy rebel thing to do at the school was like nickmo like non-commitment yeah. makeout uh-huh. um like you were like that was like you were like bad if you did that like, <laughs> like if you made out with someone yeah um which is like really stupid yeah. but um so yeah i ended up responding to this person um went over to his place and this was like a, a battle right like i'm like heading over there like my heart's pounding i'm like what are you doing um but I was like, okay, like, I just want to, like, have my first kiss or whatever. So I'm just going to do that. Right. Went over there. Um, and then after, I was, like, really, like, after it was done, right? So I'm leaving. And then I just start crying. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, because it was a really horrible experience. And I was mm-hmm. really frustrated by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I immediately, and it's, like, three in the morning. I call my bishop. And I'm, like bishop this just happened i'm in te- like i'm in tears like trying to tell him this mm-hmm. um i'm like what do i do because it and i and i think like and i was like kind of hysterical actually like i was bawling yeah um and i think part of me i had such an extreme reaction i think because i was i think because i felt like i i needed to feel really guilty and i didn't feel that guilty mm-hmm. um so i think i was trying to force it but also in my mind it was like okay, you get one mess up, you can probably repent of this and still go. And I was yeah. mad that that was my one. Oh, yeah. Because it was awful. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and so, and then I show up on my sister's doorstep, bawling. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, called her and I'm like, she's gonna come outside. Like, I'm bawling. And she like, is like shocked and, yeah. and probably thinks something horrible happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just go in and talk to her a little bit. Um, and then we, and then she just like had me pray and stuff. And then, um, and then I left, went home. Um, and then I, I was supposed to meet with the bishop the next morning. Mm -hmm. And so he, I met him, he took me out to breakfast so we could talk about it. Um, and at that point I was kind of like numb by morning. Like I, Mm. I, I don't know. It was just like really weird that, that it all had happened. Um, and he, I found out that he had made an appointment for me to go speak to like a school counselor or mm-hmm. therapist mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, I was supposed to go do that. And then I also decided that I needed to tell my parents what happened. Um, I don't really know why. Um, I think like in the first episode but I talked about, yeah, you talked about this a little bit, maybe it yeah. wasn't the same thing, but this is after you already told your parents yeah like you had already come out okay yeah and and i like i'd already come out i already told them like i'm never gonna act on this like it's yeah this isn't what i want 
Um, but yeah, so I, I just called them and I remember my, my, like my dad asking me questions about it, but then my mom, she just got on and she was like, I only have one thing to say to you. She was like, something like you need to start living with some morals or something like that. Um, (laughs) and when she said that, it was like, that was like the worst, like one of the worst things you could have said to me at that time. Cause, cause my entire life I had tried so, so hard to, to be the best Mormon and, and trying to repent to God, feeling so guilty and ashamed of everything I had done, um, distancing myself from, from potential friendships and other kids in the church. Cause I was trying to be, to live better or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. So I, in my mind, I'd given up a lot for the church and, and my pursuit of righteousness and repentance right. and, yeah. and God. Um, and so to say like, I need to start living with morals implying I never had, right. um, I don't know. Like in that moment, I, I, I'm, I'm glad it, that she said it. Cause in that moment I realized it, it was never going to matter what I did. Like, like it wouldn't matter how many times I wore my testimony, how many times I went to a bishop and right. was trying to be better. Like it was never going to matter. I was always going to be, um, you know, just kind of this like, this like sinful, right? Like yeah. what kind of t- what I talked about in the first in the first episode. Um, that's like what I was always gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always gonna be the example of what not to be. Yeah. Um, you know, in my family and for. You know, and like when my and in, at that time I was also thinking thinking about like my nieces and nephews, like what they were gonna learn about me. Mm. Um. I, you know what I mean, and so. And you were like you were thinking all of this stuff even though Dallin was in the same situation, or like Dallin had come out as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I mean I saw how he was looked at, right? Um, right. And and like. After I came out, I tried so hard to get my family and other people to understand that I was not going to be like that. Um, and I and I think in this moment, it just hit me that it it wasn't it didn't matter. There wasn't like the fact that I had come out, it was done, and it was solidified how they were going to see me forever, mm-hmm. in, at least in my mind at that time. Um, and so and it was kind of a good thing though because it just kind of like it just kind of made me realize like I don't need to try so hard to get people to believe me or to earn something that I won't, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so in a way that was kind of nice, it was kind of freeing, but it was still like awful to hear. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so that happened. And then I went to the counselor, um, and just told her about it, and she ended up telling me about it. Telling me about about a support group that meet that was meeting in the same town, um, and it was for it was kind of like a North Star thing, but not affiliated. But it was it was for Mormon men that wanted to um, stay Mormon mm-hmm. and either stay celibate or marry women. Okay. Um, and so I ended up getting with contact in contact with them. Um, and we scheduled a meeting so that way they could, like, the leaders of the group could kind of, like, make sure that I'm going for the right reasons and I'm not going to cause a problem in their group. Right. Um, 
And it was crazy because when I went, <clears throat> my coworker was there. Mm. Um, and he, and I had no, like, I, I, I knew that there was, that I had a coworker that was in this group because when I called them, they told me. Mm. Um, and so I was like looking at the schedule, like what male has Thursday off or Friday off or whatever. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Um, but then he was there and I was like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. Like yeah. there's someone here. Um, and he becomes significant later. Okay. Very significant later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but so that happened. I started going to the group. Um, and it I didn't, like I had already been to the North Star group, so I, I had already been around like my people, so to speak, quote right. unquote. Like, yeah. um, but going to this group, it was something else. Like, it, it was all like college guys my age, right? So, um, I was really terrified at first. Um, everyone was kind of going around sharing their thoughts on whatever the subject was and everything. And after the meeting, um, they a group of the guys were gonna go like to Wendy's or something, and they invited me to go. Um, and so I went with them, and it was like. It was a really cool experience. It was it was like the first time I had ever hung out with a group of people like me mm-hmm. in my age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember like being so new to it all and everything they were talking about, like I had experienced in my life and I had never been able to like talk ex- about it, talk about it yeah. or find common ground with anyone on it or whatever. Um, and I just remember like sitting there kind of in awe, like this is the coolest thing ever. Um and just like shocked that these people were here the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember like after we left, like one of them just like gave me a hug and we didn't even know each other, but he just like gave me a hug. And then I don't know, it, in that moment, I just kind of realized like I've found kind of like I found my community. I found like home, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool. So I, I had been going to that group Um and even though, again, even though I didn't really have a testimony, I was still trying to live, like, according to the church. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I was going to this group. Right. So around this time as well, um, I was still, I was still like figuring everything out about the church and still frustrated. Um, I ended up watching this this movie on Netflix called Bridegroom, um, and it's about like a gay couple, um, and one of them ends up dying, mm-hmm. like unexpectedly in front of the other person um and they were in love like yeah it's like really sad um but they were together for like six years and like monogamous and and just like each other's person they were in love um and it was like a documentary about that experience and um the guy was destroyed the one that lived that Mm -hmm. survived he was destroyed over this Mm um and i remember watching it and when it was over like I just sat there and my jaw dropped because like I just had this instant epiphany. The way I had been taught to see gay people, the way I had been taught to see gay relationships, it was all a lie, and I I realized it in that moment. Yeah. Um, and the way that the church saw them, it was a lie, and I knew that it was a lie. Um, and I and it it just blew my mind, and because their love was so beautiful. It was the same, if not better, than any straight relationship I'd ever seen. Um, and I don't think... And I realized that people, a lot of people in the church didn't understand that. Yeah. Um, and then it also made me really, really angry. Like, even more angry. Um, because I realized, like, if the church was true, they were being separated forever. 
or like they were never going to get to be together even though they wanted to be together and they loved each other and they deserved to be together right but it was over yeah. because that guy died yeah um and i my i couldn't wrap my brain around that it, like that like i i guess i'd always accepted that like right. growing up like that's the doctrine whatever but it really hit me that the doctrine was wrong like mm-hmm. by wrong i mean evil yeah like like separating people separating people like mm-hmm. that's that is so wrong um and it just i couldn't wrap my head around how god would would be that kind of person mm-hmm. um would be that kind of being that would in my mind just like do an evil unloving thing yeah um because in my mind like i realized that's exactly what it was and that kind of really blew up every like everything mm-hmm. um not only now did i not believe believe in the doctrine I knew that there was parts of it, at least parts of it that were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to have other experiences. So I heard about this book that they were selling in the bookstore. Um, and all this is like s- scriptural stuff. Like it's religious stuff, okay. doctrine. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that's sold at the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And this book was written by like a general authority back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who it was, but I, I'm pretty sure they still sell it in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. Um and this general authority said something about gay people that was like blatantly not true. Mm. And I knew that it wasn't true. Like even as a gay Mormon, that's clearly not true. Do you and remember what it was? Not exactly. He just, it was something about gay people. It was something like about their attraction or what they experience or like the way they live or whatever. Um, I wish I, I wish that I had it. Mm-hmm. I don't, but reading it, I'm like, this is, this is literally a lie yeah like this is a lie yeah um and that was the first time i realized that general authorities could lie Mm -hmm. like something they could put out to the church as doctrine could be untrue right um and that kind of started to un like unravel everything more um and and just kind of like i I don't know I, i just realized like that like how like the church could actually literally be a lie yeah um and so at the same time that all this is going on by the way um that co-worker that i talked about earlier uh-huh. um me him and another co-worker of ours um we all started hanging out this semester mm-hmm. um we all got like really close like we became like best friends um and then and at in the beginning so one of the coworkers was a girl and the one that in the group was a guy. So in the beginning, like she didn't know we were gay. Okay. Um, we didn't tell anyone like any of our friends or anything. Um, and I came out and I ended up coming out to her. Um, we were just like parked at his place waiting for him. And I was like, Hey, can I tell you something? And I just like told her, I was like, I like guys or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. um, and she was like, what? Like, and we were just like talking about it. Um, and, and then she told me, she ended up telling me, she's like, I had a crush on you. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. <laughs> like, um, but so that happened. And then eventually, and then she started like, um, or and then eventually he told her. Um, and so it made us all even closer. Mm-hmm. And so we were like hanging out every single day. Um, and then she ended up um, at some point realizing that she was in love with him. Um, yeah. And so... <laughs> Um, at that time, even if I had friend, even if I had feelings for a guy, I would never acknowledge it as feelings. Um, and so 
with him, I definitely had feelings. Like I thought about him all day. I would like be like mad if he didn't text me or like I was kind of crazy. Like this one time he didn't text me all day. So I literally like got my sister's car and like drove around (laughs) like (laughs) trying to find him. Oh my God. (laughs) So you, so both of you had a crush on him. Yeah. But I like, I didn't acknowledge it as that. So I would say I didn't. Right. Like, yeah. Um, and so, but I, but I had, I can't remember how I found out she told him that, but I was in the car with him and another guy. Um, and I remember he said it and he was like, I can't believe like, I never thought about like that she could be potentially like a wife for me or something like that. Like, Mm -hmm. even though he was gay himself, he was also still trying to marry a woman. Mm -hmm. And when he said that, my heart just, like, shattered, like, immediately. And, like, it was, like, really shocking. And I was, like, devastated. Because, in all actuality, I loved him. But, like, I didn't... I wouldn't acknowledge it as that. Um, And I remember, like... And he noticed. Like, I got really quiet. Mm -hmm. And we dropped his friend off and then... He went and dropped me off and we talked about it. Um, And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like when you said that, it just like broke my heart, I guess. Um, And he was like, can I tell you something? And he was like, (laughs) he was like, I've kind of been in love with you for, uh, (laughs) I know. Uh, And I was just like, what? Like, cause Uh, I hadn't, I I had never experienced this with a guy. Yeah. it was also new. Um, but I told him, I was like, I told him I didn't really like see him that way, even though I, I did, but I couldn't acknowledge it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, but if I, I, I think I told him like, I don't really get feelings for people, but if I did, like I would for you or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it definitely was nice to hear that. Um, right. but I was still sad that like they might, in my mind, I was like, they might get together. Yeah. And she was also like my best friend. Right. And gosh that was so painful like to think about like we're a trio maybe about to become two and it's gonna be her and him (laughs) like um and so like gosh that was like a movie i know it's like honestly like i feel like i'm doing a really horrible job about explaining all this right now but whenever i tell people all these different experiences they're like you should literally make a movie about your life i'm like i could like there's been so much that's happened in like a period of a few years right yeah um but so that happened and then also at the same time, like we, like when we would, we would go driving places sometimes. Um, and I don't remember why, but we kind of started holding hands. <laughs> um, never Wait, done that with the guy. This is him and him. Him, him and me. Yeah. yeah. Um, but him still thinking that I'm not really interested. Um, okay. And I remember one time in particular though, we were driving, I think to like Salt Lake to, I think like pick up his dad or something at the airport. So it was like a four hour drive. Um, and out of nowhere, he just reaches over and grabs my hand. And when that happened, it like shot like electricity up my arm. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like it was, I had never had someone grab my hand like that. Right. Um, Cause they wanted to right. and they had feelings for me. Like it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and like, I'm sure you've experienced that. Like, yeah when like you love someone and you really like someone and and you're kind of developing that new relationship or whatever um it's like excitement or like butterflies exactly Mm -hmm. yeah and i like i was just so happy that i was experiencing that like because in my mind i was never going to yeah and And it's crazy that you're 
how old and this is happening for the first time you know? um i think i was like 19 yeah at this point um but yeah so i like and we just like held hands like the, pretty much the rest of the way mm-hmm. um it was yeah it was just the coolest thing ever but at the same time there was also like a little bit of guilt on his part because he felt like he was doing something wrong right um but so that kind of definitely made my feelings stronger and then um he ended up and she still didn't know about him right she did oh she did okay yeah i think that kind of made her love him more like in a way like uh just that he was so honest with her um but then also that he was like in the struggle and trying to to marry a woman and maybe she could be that woman right you know and I get it. Like, he was awesome. Like, yeah. everyone who knew him wanted him. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, liked him. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. He was just like that, just that kind of guy. Um, but so then, like, he, but then he ends up, like, the semester's ending and he ends up having to go back home. Um, and so it just, like, kind of, like, left me and her there. Mm-hmm. Um, we were both, like, hella depressed. Like, mm-hmm. we were so sad that he was leaving. Like, the guy that, the, the... Who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know, it's just kind of funny because he was just like just this dude yeah um, that's actually her texting me now um but <laughs> so um we we were just so sad and i i wasn't really thinking about the way that she felt because i was because in my mind she was gonna get him right. so i was just like it was really weird because i was trying to like make sure that we stayed friends me and her right but at the same time, like she was getting my man. So, so like, so it, it was just difficult. It, it right. was like painful. Yeah. It was really painful. Um, and I, like, she was like, I miss him too. And I'm like, yeah, but you're going to get him like something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I ended up, um, we kind of decided I wouldn't tell him. And then like, cause I told her about it, my feelings for him. Okay. After I knew that she loved him. Um, dick move, but you know um and crazy love triangle i know um two gays and a girl who would have thought (laughs) um but so two gay mormons and a girl i know right um and then i ended up and then i just ended up telling him when he was gone like when like i don't know if it was over skype or something Mm -hmm. um i think it was over skype i told him i was in love with him um (laughs) and what do you say um he was happy like we loved he was like Shuts the computer. <laughs> we we used to do this. We used to do this cute thing because we like during that four month period where he was gone, we Facetimed every single day, mm. every single day for four months. Sometimes like six hours, like hours. Oh my gosh. Um, and we would do this really cute thing where like we would be like basically saying like come cuddle, but like we would just like put our arms out and just Aww, kind of like yeah. wave our hands at each other. Um, oh my gosh, hella cute. Um. <laughs> And like that, that kind of stuff just like gave me life. Like, right. it was amazing. Um, but it was also really, it was like this double-edged sword because it was amazing to be experiencing that. Um, it sucked that it was long distance yeah. and it sucked that we weren't even together and we couldn't be together. Right. Um, and we knew that. Um, but it, but it was like, it was amazing to be feeling that, to be in love with someone that loved you back. And I don't actually know if he loved me back. I think I just kind of think he had like strong feelings, but yeah. I, I was in love with him. Like yeah. to this day, he's the only person I've ever been in love with mm-hmm. and it's gone now. It's like, it's, I don't feel that way anymore, but yeah. you know, um, still it was like a really incredible experience. Um, and I remember like w- naturally when you fall in love with someone, you want to be with them. 
-hmm. and in mormon world you want to get married to them like after a few months like you know what i mean like and that's what i wanted and because like everyone like when you fall in love you're supposed to be able to progress things at least that's what i had seen yeah and here i was in love with someone and i didn't get to be with them Mm -hmm. that was like the most frustrating thing like talk about how awful it was when I was a kid just being aware of that Mm -hmm. but then when you actually have it like have it and you can't yeah that was a whole other level of pain that I had like never experienced yeah um and like I like we would both like cry about it like it was just like this horrible thing because we just wanted to be together um and I told him at one point at one point like this is around Christmas I went home um and so we're still facetiming and I told him I was like, like, you're like, I just feel like you're the one, like, I want to be with you. Like, something like that. Like, I would have married him mm-hmm. straight up. I would have married him like that day. Um, but like, you know, like we were in the church and we couldn't be together. Yeah. Um, and like, I know I'm like, not giving like too much detail, but like, oh my gosh, like I can't even describe that pain. Like, wh- like you literally just want to be together, but you can't because you're Mormon and you're supposed to be with a woman but you're in love with each other. Um, and at the same time, you're watching everyone else get to be with who they love. Yeah. And the one thing, yeah, it's horrible. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is. And the one thing stopping you is that you're both the same gender. Right. Cause if one of us was female, it would have been fine. Right. Um, and at the same time as I was in love with him, um, my sister was in love with her now husband Mm -hmm. and like in the same stage, like that new relationship, like, yeah, butterflies and and being in love and can't stop like holding each other's hand or hand on the leg or whatever like you just and but they get to they got to keep growing it right and and experiencing it with each other Mm -hmm. um that was really hard to see because it just reminded me of like how unfair it was yeah um and i i remember one time we were in the like i was in the car driving somewhere um um, and I was on the phone with my mom, that sister and another sister, and they were just talking about how, like, just about like how she was like talking about their relationship essentially and like being like really happy about it and, um, and like all giddy and like, Ooh, like, wow. Like all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was just sitting there listening and I, it just kind of hit me like they would never do that for me. Right. Like I would, I will, I would never get to sit here and, and tell them about who I'm in love with and this, this new thing and, yeah and be supported in it and have it be celebrated right the way that it was for her. Um, that was like a knife in the heart. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that was, that was really frustrating. Um, and so then, um, also at another point I was home and I was talking to my dad about it and I was just crying I was like dad like I'm in love with him Mm -hmm. and it's not fair that we don't get to be together that like that why yeah um and he basically told me he was like well um do you love him enough to like not keep him from salvation or something like that and I'm like ugh yes like Mm -hmm. oh man um and so I ended up telling him like we ended up talking and I told him 
because I think at the time he was kind of trying he was trying to figure things out like if he was going to be willing to like what he wanted to do about the church and and yeah his family and and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and I told him I was like if you leave it's not going to be to be with me like I told him I was like I will not be with you um Mm -hmm. like I told the guy I loved that yeah um just because I I thought that it was the right thing um and I mean in hindsight like the relationship probably wouldn't have worked out it would not have worked out like we would have both been really unhappy but like it's just an, like it's annoying looking back and realizing like I like gave that up for nothing right like that I because I don't believe it anymore so right. there was no reason to do that um but again in hindsight like it's fine it wouldn't have worked out anyway but like still um but Did he end up leaving the church as well now he has yeah okay but after i think after we lost contact mm-hmm. um you know and that's like that's awesome like I, i'm here for it but right. um but yeah so that was just like a really painful time and i remember the next day um this was like the day before i was gonna leave or something um i was in the room with my my parents and my sister and we all ended up kind of getting into an argument about it and i and i told my mom and sister i was about this guy i was in love with and basically like it's not fair that she gets to be with her with her man that she's in love with and I don't um and I don't have any animosity towards her for this at all like right. this was just at the time yeah um and yeah I know we just got in a fight about it and nothing like it didn't resolve anything or anything like that like they just they had no way of understanding this because it was never it was not the reality and it was never going to be right like um, what was the fight about like just that like you saying it's unfair and them not well, not understanding that point of view and ha- or having a different point of view. Yeah, I think like the different point of view. Um, we also ended up talking about like other stuff to do with like the attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think in that time I also talked about. I think the fight was also about. Um, so my 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 friend, the girl, um, her family. So so I started going over to her family's place a lot um and at the time like they knew that i was gay Mm -hmm. because she had a bisexual sister Mm -hmm. um and they had already gone through their whole struggle and like years of understanding and stuff yeah um but they when i every time i was over there like it was such an escape and such like an amazing experience because they they didn't like it wasn't a problem that i was gay and that i was that they and that they knew it like they didn't treat me different because of it they didn't like make like little looks or yeah. like comments or anything they genuinely loved me unconditionally and not in spite of anything right like they didn't love me in spite of my gayness mm-hmm. it was all part of it mm-hmm. um and that was that was new um and then that was like definitely something i needed at yeah. the time yeah um but so i think i brought that up to my mom um and so we kind of got in a fight. I think we, it, that was just kind of like wrapped up in the fight. Yeah. Um, but so then I just, yeah, and then I just ended up going back to school. Um, and I think at this point, at this point, I was just feeling like really done with, with everything. Um, and when he, and a little while later, he ended up, um, that guy, he ended up, um, like, I, 
four months had gone by, right? So at the end of that four months, I kind of thought, like I was trying, we were trying really hard to get over our feelings because we knew that nothing was ever going to be able to happen. So we tried really hard. Um, and towards the end of that four months, like we both like felt like they were gone or for the most part, like this, like it wasn't the same. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up going up to where he lived and we road trip, me, him and another guy road trip down back to school. It was like a four day trip. Like okay. he's in Florida all the way back to, to oh Idaho. Gosh. I know. Um, but when I got there, like my feelings like hit me like a brick, like, like a ton of bricks. Like they returned immediately. Interesting. Um, like I was madly in love with him still. Mm-hmm. And now we're in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't love me anymore. So that was like crazy. That was like a whole new pain and whatever. And we ended up living together that semester. Um, me, him and another guy. Um, and like we had a, we shared like a three people in a room. <laughs> Um, and then like a couple more roommates, but we were, but yeah, so I was like, and I was really depressed because I like didn't understand how he couldn't like still like love me, I guess. Um, and I mean now I've grown up, so like I guess, but like, (laughs) but at the time, like I was just so new to it all. Mm -hmm. Um, and so he, um, yeah, like just living there with him in like close quarters, being so in love with him and seeing how not in love with me he was anymore like my mind could not handle that Mm -hmm. like it was I was so depressed and I would just like lay in bed and like do nothing um and I was definitely hard to be around and definitely ended up pushing him away and some other people um just because it was it was just like I didn't know how to handle this kind of pain yeah um and I ended up having thankfully a good wake-up call but what happened was he kind of found another guy and I would come home to them like cuddling Mm. like in our room Mm -hmm. and things like that and I could not handle it yeah like horrible yeah like it it was the worst like horrible pain like all this is like horrible pain but like it this was awful because now the man I love is with someone else yeah um and I'm having to come home to them every day yeah um and so at some point it got to be too much. Um, and I, I, I couldn't do it. And so I, at, and at this point, some suicidal thoughts had started to come in. Mm-hmm. Um, cause again, it's like hopeless, like there's no point. Um, and so, but when I, at this point, like I walked in and they were like talking about something like about each other. And I was like, I can't, I can't anymore. And so I got up and it was like late at night. I got up and walked to the grocery store and I bought razors and I was going to buy sleeping pills, Mm -hmm. but I read the side effects on them. And thankfully I was like, if it doesn't work, I don't want to be stuck with these side effects. So I'm going to leave those there. Um, but I was like serious. Like I was planning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but as I was, so I got the razor blades and I was, I was walking back, um, Thankfully, I calmed down a little bit, mm-hmm. and so I didn't do anything. I just kept them, mm-hmm. um, and I don't know. After that happened, it was like a really big wake up call for me because I realized how close I came to doing something stupid. Yeah. Um, and it 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 woke me up. It made me realize that I didn't want to die, and mm-hmm. I I didn't want, like I didn't want it to end there. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to move on and live my life. Um, 
And so thankfully, like shortly after that, I made the choice to get out of the apartment. So I went down and talked to the leasing office and I was like, I need to be in a new apartment. And they let me do it. And I moved out like immediately. Um, Yeah. Um, And like that week. So you didn't talk to him at all about, you know, like what what is going on? Like that you Um, didn't like to see that or. I mean, he knew like we had conversations, but like it was like, I know. Well, it was like once a month we would have this conversation where right. he would basically have to like be like consoling me and being like, you're still my favorite person or whatever. <laughs> but yeah. like, not true. Um, um, but yeah, so like I just I just realized I had to get out of there for my own self. Yeah. Um, and so I did. And then like a few days later, my feelings were gone. And mm-hmm. like it was like this cage I had been trapped in. Like I was out of it. Mm-hmm. Um finally I was free and what was beautiful about that was I realized like I survived that um and I realized after that like just how strong I was yeah that that sounds stupid but like no that's really cool yeah um and so I realized like I could how much I could handle yeah um and then after that like life was better Mm -hmm. um and I got like got rid of the razors like that's never been a thought again um I just know what I can handle now and I know how strong I am and and it just, it just really woke me up. Yeah. Um which was like a super cool experience. Yeah. So in the end I'm glad it all happened. Mm-hmm. Um and then once I got in that new place it, it kind of it became summer semester and I mean after a little while the semester ended and it was summer semester I had the apartment to myself for 6 weeks um and I stopped going to church. Mm-hmm. Like stopped physically going mm-hmm. even though I had already checked out. Right. Um you know like you learn like they teach like when people stop going um obviously like they're unhappy they're right there's no happiness outside of the church you can't find that outside of it yeah not real happiness um but i noticed when i left felt fine yeah um and like not even just fine but i felt good Mm -hmm. and that might sound like i know for me like when i was mormon and someone said that i was like you're lying so i know how it might sound to other people but genuinely i didn't i woke up feeling fine and i was happy yeah um i was happy um and i kind of realized the role that being in the church had played in my unhappiness mm-hmm. and now that i was free of it it wasn't like like the world my life could literally be whatever i wanted it to be right i think it's i think a lot of people myself included just feel this Really, I just remember a specific moment when a weight was just lifted and Mm. it was like so freeing. And it was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to think about this, 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 this. Yeah. And I can do whatever I want and not feel guilty about it. Exactly. I mean, obviously, if it's like killing someone, then then no. But yeah. And I mean, that's another misconception. People might think like that's like that might sound like eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. But it's like. No, um, we still have morals. We still <laughs> right. like have things we believe. Yeah. We're just no longer bound to a set of morals or beliefs that we don't believe in. Right. Yeah. Um, it's like drinking tea and coffee. Yeah. Love me some Starbucks. Yeah. Get it every day. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And so like, and I mean, that's like, that's such a mundane thing. Yeah. Like, but, and like, but, that's interesting too because on the other side of that i still don't drink caffeine i don't drink coffee or tea mm. or any caffeine really? period i don't drink soda or anything and like 
I don't know why that is. It's not, it has nothing to do with the church. Yeah. Um, but I kind of feel sometimes, uh, like guys ask me on a date or something and they're like, Oh, let's go get coffee. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't (laughs) really drink coffee. And then I, I kind of feel like I'm going back to that. Like, I think that they, they're going to think I'm Mormon or something. Right. But it's like, no, it's just like, I don't drink caffeine because it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. So like, no, yeah, that's you fair. know, um, and so I think it's, it's interesting that there are some, some members of the church that think you're out of the church. Now you're this horrible person. I'm still living like one of the same standards that you are, you know, like, exactly. And it has nothing to do with the church either. Yeah. And you just kind of realize like how much of like American culture you were not a part of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like. Like, the way I saw people drinking, even, um, I saw it as, like, this bad thing. They're doing something bad. Like, you know, but people, normal people, normal everyday people will have a glass of wine with dinner. They'll have a Christmas party and there is a bowl of punch with all these different alcohols and fruit. Like, it, it has nothing to do with falling off the deep end, with sin, with, um, losing morals. It's... I mean, obviously you can abuse it. Yeah. You can abuse water. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, every, I just, and this kind of goes into like, what's, what we're going to talk about in that third episode, just mm-hmm. kind of like, um, the process of deconstruction and relearning everything once yeah. you leave. But, um, but yeah, just realizing how much, like everything, most, almost everything you learned, like just how it's not true and how like, it's not based on reality or like real experiences, with people because because you see right. people it's you have to put up a whole different social wall yeah of yeah like even in high school you know your friends are living this life and you're living a completely like pulled back version of that life yeah and it's it's really weird it is like one of the craziest things i realized or learned after leaving was the way i'd been taught to see the world and the fact that we call it the world like, yeah and people of the world the way we had been taught to see them is so wrong. Yeah. It's not true. And it looks true because we were, we grew up in this. We've been conditioned to see things a certain way. We have, we have like basically like rose colored glasses or like, I call them like Mormon colored glasses on. Yeah. Um, I think we did talk a little bit we about did, this yeah. last time. Yeah. Um, and it's like a lens that you see people through. Yeah. And so you see them how you were taught to see them. Right. But when you take it off, it's like you realize how everything you were taught was wrong. And it's not that people taught it to you with malintent right. or with, cause, cause they also believed it. Right. But they didn't know that it wasn't true. Right. You know what I mean? And back and back and back. Yeah. Um, you know, and so like just things like that. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm just excited to talk about the next, like the deconstruction part of it because it's like, it's, so weird now i'm 27 years old and i still feel like i'm learning or relearning things that people usually learn when they're 15 yeah (laughs) and i'm like i feel like a 15 year old sometimes like Mm -hmm. just or 16 or 20 or 21 you know like different parts of your life how you just have to relearn that and you're so behind everybody else around you yeah. that have lived such a, a normal or I don't like saying normal, but like a, what is it called? A traditional yeah. life. No, it's true. Um, that is so real. I call it a second birth. So like, <laughs> like literally 
when when I left, like it's I mean, it's it's obviously a process like, you know, losing your testimony first. And but it's not like it took me a year to physically get out of the church. Oh, yeah. It took me two years. Yeah. Like even when you don't believe because you're you're conditioned from the day you're born to think a certain way. And a lot of people think a lot. One of the biggest misconceptions that I've realized um, since leaving is basically like the idea that it's easier to live a life outside of the religion you're raised in or it's it's easy like um they teach you like oh like satan's tempting you to do this it'd, it'd be so much easier to just go drink that coffee drink that tea right, whatever like we're, we're taking the easy way out exactly mm-hmm. leaving but leaving like the only thing you've ever been taught walking away from it into complete uncertainty is one of the most difficult things you can do and it that's is. why a lot of people don't yeah um and just and the strength it encourage it takes to do that is crazy mm-hmm. um and that that fear will keep a lot of people in and i've yeah. talked to people um, especially when you don't have you don't know who else has gone through this is going through this so you feel so alone and isolated yeah in in going through this process and yeah. you have no one else to talk to about it because everyone that you do talk to about it is still in the church so they're they're biased you know they mm-hmm. are gonna tell you oh well just take the missionary lessons again or read mm-hmm. the scriptures get a blessing read your patriarchal blessing yeah. like you know they're gonna tell you to do all these things but when you're on the other side of it <laughs> you're like okay but what what if i want to explore the other side then what do i do you know yeah and no one accepts that in your in your social group yeah to support you in that so exactly it's very difficult yeah that's like that also like brings me to like the idea of agency Mm -hmm. um like that's like really taught in the church that's like so important right Mm -hmm. i don't think i would even know that that word if i weren't born in the church agency oh yeah yeah that's that's definitely like a very mormon thing but um it's just kind of funny because after leaving i realized one of the things i realized was the lack of choice Mm -hmm. that i had or like and in terms of the religion so like if you only give someone one option they only have that one option right that that is not choice and and so i just realizing that i didn't actually choose to be in the church i was raised in it and Mm -hmm. and it was the only thing i knew which is why i was in it but then when i started to really like open up um, I'm, I don't want this to sound offensive to anyone still in there because people can choose to be in there. Right. Um, and if that's, and that, and, and if that's what you chose, then that's great. Yeah. Um, but some people like, but when you raise a child in, in anything, they're really, they're being conditioned to believe that certain way. Yeah. And that might not necessarily be what they would have chosen. Right. Had they actually had all the options. All the options. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's just kind of one of the things I realized as well. Like, I only yeah. had one option laid in front of me. Right. And when I learned about the others, then I was like, oh. Yeah. Got it. Like, <laughs> I used to be, like, so grateful that I was born into the church. Like, I, I would, I, I don't know, like, going to EFY and things like that would be like, man, I'm, like, so glad and grateful and blessed that I was born into the church because... I wouldn't have this life otherwise, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, like, you know, if someone asked me if I had the choice to be Mormon or not Mormon, 
growing up yeah i don't know what i would say like i don't know if this whole experience made me a better person and a stronger person you know yeah or do i regret not having you know the traditional childhood or high school experience or college experience yeah or young adult experience you know yeah um that makes a lot know. of sense it's it's really interesting yeah i think, think about. i thought about that a lot too yeah. um because I, I used to say the same thing like how grateful i was that i was raised in the truth in the mm-hmm. church and whenever i would see people not really making their kids go to church or people in the ward not like like you know let's say like marrying someone who wasn't mormon and then their their kid doesn't even go to church mm-hmm. i thought that was so awful mm-hmm. i was like how dare you like not raise your kid in this church right like you, you have and do you have any clue what you're taking from him right or her like um but it's it's funny now like with this perspective that i have um and the knowledge that i have now because i think it's wrong to raise a kid in in church like and it's just funny because now I'm on the opposite end of it. Like, right. because when you do that, you're taking their choice away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really frustrating to me. It is really kind of like the church does teach agency, but it's like, yeah, you have agency, but there's a wrong and a right choice. Mm-hmm. And so you have agency to do the wrong thing. <laughs> like, I don't know when really it's just, you have two options. You can drink coffee or not drink coffee. But in the church, it's, you can follow the word of wisdom or not follow the word of wisdom. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's got like this like weight of yeah. salvation or like right. the afterlife. Um, no. Yeah. That is so true. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, yeah, there's definitely a lot to it. Um, that is going to be in the next one. Yeah. Little but, teaser. If will you, yeah. <laughs> will you, um, if you will, I guess. Um, I'm excited for the next episode, but that was, um, this is a crazy story. And I think it's like, it's crazy that so many people go through this yeah. and like have both of our experiences of mm-hmm. leaving the church and your experience of being gay and being raised Mormon. Um, I don't know. I definitely want to keep talking about it, but yeah. it's going to be the next one. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to say in the next one. And I think... In this one, I didn't really go too much into, um, like, I don't know if I went too much into, like, the process of, of leaving and stuff and, right. and more into why and stuff like that. But um, in the next one, definitely. Yeah. Um, definitely. Because there's a lot to say. This this is a process ongoing even still. Like, the process of deconstruction. Absolutely. Um, even all these years later. Yep. Um, same for me right exactly like, there's mm-hmm. so much you unlearn it's crazy yeah um, and it's like things i don't know even last week i was struggling with things that i don't think i would be struggling with if i had just not been raised in the church and not yeah. been taught certain things and you just have to mm-hmm. like force yourself to realize what's what you're thinking is not normal like I don't yeah. know. I don't know how to explain it yeah. without giving specifics, but um, yeah, there's definitely a lot to it, and it's definitely difficult. Yeah, I mean, I was I was actually going to add to that. So I definitely hear you with like thinking about like because I've thought about it too. Like if I was raised in like w- if I could go back, would I stop it from happening? Um, like being raised in the church, and I mean, I don't like to regret anything, 
right. even the bad stuff because it like we are who we are because of what we've been through right um however i would never raise my child in a church um that doesn't mean they don't have to believe in god like that's a separate conversation for me as well right. religion and god um i'm not a believer however i really do believe in choice so if my kids want to if they want to believe that that is absolutely fine yeah um but do i wish that like again like i wouldn't change it but at the same time sometimes i do wish that i wasn't raised in the church Mm -hmm. um yeah because like you were saying like i don't know everything would be different in a way um but at the same time maybe this wouldn't be happening like the like the perspective we have now and and on that note i'm actually grateful that i have both um because i i literally have both perspectives i have perspectives that anyone from both sides don't have Mm -hmm. like the opposing sides Mm -hmm. i have both Mm -hmm. so i'm super grateful for that and that helps i think that that's very helpful in um kind of not becoming susceptible to um i guess mental conditioning or brainwashing again Mm -hmm. um that's really helpful yeah but but again though like we'll save the rest for the third episode (laughs) i i really want to get into it but we'll save it for the third one uh one thing that i was also gonna say is back when you were talking about like happiness or like how people in the church think that if you're out of the church you're not happy anymore yeah um like I have some members of my family who I believe that think that about yeah. me, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's like you're saying about the two sides thing. Like I've been in the church and I've been out of the church and my yeah. life is 10,000 times better outside of the church Me too. for me, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And when I was in the church, I was so miserable and like mm-hmm. just, it was such a horrible feeling. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's just like, it's almost like, how dare you tell me that I'm not happy? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And it's like offensive. It's like, I am happy. That's why I chose this. Like, exactly. I I chose my whole life off of what makes me happy. Yeah. I mean, because it just goes back to the idea of like, because I think in their mind, they're thinking, she just doesn't understand this. She was offended. She, this is why she left. Or mm-hmm. if she would just read this yeah. passage again. Yeah. Or like, and understand yeah. it the right way. She or didn't like, read the whole book of Mormon. She didn't read this. She didn't, yeah. she wasn't praying all the time. She wasn't going to church mm-hmm. constantly or yeah. consistently. She was like, yeah, but those are just all excuses to me. Like I've, I tried everything. Yeah. And I mean, what it will come down to in the end with, with people that blew that way. Um, also to like well did you pray about it like did you pray if it was true if you didn't you must not have been doing enough you didn't wait for the answer you didn't have enough faith whatever um and like they'll say like they'll say that like you it's on you because you didn't do this but the thing is think about every other religion think about like the most craziest religions like think about the westboro baptist church um baptists like any like anyone Mm -hmm. stuck in a church like that they're told the exact or, or also the uh flds mm-hmm. i've been watching a lot of that about them lately like mm-hmm. that's crazy but um they're all told the exact same thing and the thing is if you like and would you tell them like if like let's say one of them wanted to come to the mormon church would you be like 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 the idea that they can't know because they didn't pray to mm-hmm. know if it was wrong absurd 
yeah absurd like you don't need to do that if you if like you already know something is wrong yeah um and i'm sure they would be very happy about them leaving their religions to come here but their parents would be saying the same thing that ours are um and that's also a big way that i've learned to gauge because like mental conditioning does come with a lot like your brain is wired to think a certain way and you're going against it mm-hmm. by leaving mm-hmm. and by by doing this and so sometimes you do feel like a weird feeling like sometimes um when i speak like out against some some doctrine of the church or even sometimes when i'm drinking a coffee i'll get a little cringe yeah but so do they when they like when they're talking against their church when they're doing something that their church taught them not to right it's all part of the mental conditioning Mm -hmm. um and so that's like really important to realize um and so yeah i mean that's that's been helpful like looking at other people who have left other churches and their experience and how it's almost identical yeah um because that also helps you get out of brainwashing and and mental conditioning because there's no other way out you have to be willing to push past that discomfort to really like see the reality of the situation and to get yourself out. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, let's just do the third yeah. episode. <laughs> There's so much to talk about. But yeah, we'll stop. Okay. We'll stop. All right. So that's that was the second part. Um, if you have any questions about this episode or the first episode that we talked about, um, any questions for Jake then you can email sometimes in shambles podcast at gmail.com or go to sometimes in shambles podcast.com and submit a form through there. Um, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at sometimes in shambles and at, on Twitter at shambles pod. Um, Jake, do you have any socials or anything that you want to give out? Um, yeah, you guys can follow my Facebook because um, I'll post it there as well. Um, Jake Montgomery. Um, good luck finding it, honestly. Um, cause I don't have like a link or anything to give you. Right. Um, but it, you can, you can check it out there. Um, my Instagram, Jake Montgomery as well. Um, cause I'll have it posted there as well. And if you have any questions, feel free to message me directly. I'm totally fine with that. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll see you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Sometimes in Shambles. The intro music was done by my friend Lucas Kathy, and the artwork was done by me, myself, Melissa. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.